It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf expert, the golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. This week, we have the Rocket Mortgage Classic. This one will be played at the Detroit Golf Club in Detroit, Michigan. Last year, Bryson DeChambeau won this tournament. He is the returning champion, and he returns as the odds-on favorite right now. Right around 7-1, to you can't find some 8-1s. to Going to have to go ahead and shop around. Uncle Dave, last week, we didn't do all too bad. You know, we didn't have the winner, but some of the guys we had were in contention there for a little bit. You had Jason Day, which turned out, in my opinion, to be an absolutely fantastic pick. He ended up finishing T10, didn't get the job done. I gave out Reed. Now, he finished T25. I felt like we had some really good wagers last week. Keegan Bradley was one of the duds that I did give out. I wasn't really happy about that. But I did give out Stewart Sink top 40, plus 160. Migliozzi over Molinari, I gave that out at minus 110. And I also had some missed the cuts there that were pretty good with Wolf and Homa at plus 120, plus 140. And I also went ahead, I gave out Kizire top 40. That was uh, That was no dice as well. So it wasn't a bad week overall. I was really impressed with your Jason Day ticket, though. I thought that that was probably, although, you know, it didn't cash, I thought that that was probably the pick, you know, of the tournament that you made. You know, we talked, what, Uncle Dave, a couple weeks ago about him potentially having a baby. He was missing all kind of tournaments. And the fact that you just fell on him and you called his name out uh, was surprising to me. But to see him up there contending uh, was even more surprising. And I was looking at him this week. I'm not sure necessarily how you feel about him. How'd you end up overall last week there, Uncle Dave? I noticed that you had uh, you had mentioned Harris English there at the end of our podcast last week. Not sure if you went ahead and bet him at all, but how'd you end up last week? Well, I was at my finest hour, I can tell you that. I mean, I was I was pretty happy to have Day of 70-1, to 1, the 36-hole leader. And, yeah, he, had, he was in contention Sunday, but, you know, just didn't get it done and you know, yeah, I did. Uh, some guys I, I, I didn't discuss there in our pod that I thought warranted consideration. I, I did mention Harris English, um, so I can't really claim him as a, oh, my God, I won that bet. But, you know, hopefully somebody picked up on that. I, I think I'm going to start doing that every week. As mentioned a few guys that, that I like that I haven't sort of thrown into a slot yet for, for people to look at because, you know, there's just so many guys. You know, everybody has their favorites. You know, I don't like betting on Bryson. Some people like betting on certain guys. So I at least like to say that this guy's kind of a, a yay or a nay type guy so we can we can have as much content as we can. So I think you probably um, made out better than I did last week. But, you know, all in all, I think the work was good. I think the slotting sucked. Yeah, I felt like the work was really good. What I want to do, Uncle Dave, this week is I want to go back to last week. I want to pull two specific things out to probably help our listeners and to probably help you and I. Let's go back to maybe the top story of last week. I mean, obviously, it had to be that eight-hole playoff. I mean, that was pretty iconic there uh, between Hickok and between English. Now, you and I, we were going ahead, and we were looking to go ahead and potentially fade Hickok in, you know, maybe head-to-heads, make him miss the cut. And ironically, he's not anywhere to be found. Can't find him on DraftKings. Can't find him on FanDuel. Can't find him on any of the other sites. So I'm guessing that the books might be thinking along the lines as you and I how much of an impact do you think that that eight-hole playoff is going to end up hurting or helping Hickok this week? Well, I think this week it's going to hurt him. I mean, that that's just a ton of not only physical expended energy, but mental expended energy. So this week I, I'm probably off of him. 
but I think long term that's going to help him tremendously because you know I think he probably got more experience in that extra eight holes uh, of pressure situations than than a lot of guys ever get. So I do think that's a that's a huge thing, and you know the crowd got behind him, so he's obviously a crowd favorite. So I, I think I think this week I think it hurts him, and yeah, I would bet against him if I could. So if anybody out there has a book that that does have him in a in a bet against situation, hit us up on Twitter. Um, but I just think it's too much energy for for this week. I think long term, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look for a spot to use him again. I I really think that was absolutely huge for him. Yeah, I think long term that's got to be a huge positive. Just the fact that he had that you know that fan base out there, probably growing you know each and every hole, and the fact that he had a chance to test his nerves like that for eight straight holes. Um, he probably figured out, you know, a lot about his, his personality and stuff and how he reacts, you know, each and every hole. And that was interesting, a nice way to go ahead and go ahead and end that tournament. Here's one other thing I want to bring up here, Uncle Dave. You had mentioned tee times, and we always talk about, you know, how important they are, you know, whether you're teeing off in the morning or teeing off in the afternoon. But you found something that was really interesting with the early morning tee times. What would you end up digging up? Well, yeah, I talk about that every week. I, I try really hard to avoid guys in the afternoon rounds in the first round leaders when the when the wind may come up or or storms may halt play or whatever uh, but last week um i think that that early tea time on thursday was an advantage like no other and, and I, I think of the top 25 scores on thursday i think 23 maybe 22 but i think 23 of them were early tea times so you know you really have to pay attention to that i say it and i say it and i say it and some people get it but I mean, that's like proof positive that, you know, if the, if the weather's going to pick up, it's in the afternoon. And to get into some of these warm weather places, when the thunderstorms might crop up, it's in the afternoon. And that's when they, they might have an hour, hour and a half delay. Um, and, and sometimes that can be a positive thing because it'll soften up the course. But I would certainly look at it more as a negative. And last week, uh, that sort of narrative that I used was played out uh better than any other tournament I've ever seen. Well, with all that said there, Uncle Dave, I do have a diamond in the rough best bet, and it doesn't include an early tee time. So I'm excited for that. But for the listeners who are new, here's how Uncle Dave and I are going to do this. We're going to go ahead. We'll start out with first round leaders. We'll do make and miss the cut. We'll also do head to heads, top 40s or top fives. And of course, Uncle Dave and I will go ahead and we'll give you guys our winners. Uncle Dave, let's start with our first round leader. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first. Who you got this week? Yeah, Sleepy, a guy I like in the first-round leader is Jason Cockrack at 45-1. to one. You know, a lot of sharp guys I know actually have him to win, and he might. Uh, I, I wouldn't take that off the table, but here's the deal. He's third in first-round scoring on tour. And listen up here, Sleepy. Over the last two years of this tournament, the top 20 guys in par-5 scoring have finished T12 or better. And Cockrack is number one on tour in par-5 scoring. So I like him at 45-1. to one. I'm another guy that you've used a few times, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna steal him off your plate this week. Is Max Homa at fifty to one? You know, Matt, Max is actually fourth on tour in par five scoring. I think he missed a cut at the Travelers last week. Uh, could be a little extra rest, maybe, but he did shoot a sixty nine on Thursday. And I I look since the end of April, he's had three sub seventy first rounds, including two sixty sixes. Uh, so I think that at fifty to one, he has a hell of a lot of value. Uh, as compared to maybe some of the guys, you know, this is a, a relatively weak field and, and, you know, there's six or eight guys that are sort of favorites. So I mean, Bryson's obviously the prohibitive at like plus seven fifty, but 
you know, I think we're going to find a lot of value in some of these other guys here. Uh, there's a lot more opportunity for him. And I think, I think Max at 50 to one makes some sense. You know what? I have home on my card here, Uncle Dave. I didn't use him as a first round leader, but I have him in another spot here. But my first round leader, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Peter Malnati. Go ahead and be our first round leader at 110 to one. I know this is a long shot here, Uncle Dave, but I kind of found myself falling on a lot of guys that are very, very good putters. This guy's one of the best in all of the PGA right now. Fifth in putting, 27th in birdie average. All the talk that I've heard, you know, with this particular course had a lot of talk about guys making birdies, guys that can go ahead and make birdies. So I went ahead, I used him. It's the only guy I used for first round leader. I was struggling to go ahead and find a guy that I really felt confident in. So I wanted to go ahead and get myself a decent sized ticket here with somebody that I know that can putt that's a little bit under the radar. And you know that these no-name guys, Uncle Dave, they always tend to go ahead and show up uh, on that first day. And it's always like, who's this guy? Where'd he come from? So I'm giving you guys Peter Malnati, first round leader, as my pick at 110 to 1. Let's jump over to some head-to-heads here, Uncle Dave. Let me go ahead and give you my first one here that I have. Actually, I'm only going to give you guys one. I'm going to give you Doc Redman over Brendan Todd. You can get Redman right now at around minus 104. I just feel like Redman is just a far better player here out of these two guys. He's going to end up doing some damage with his putter. He's not exactly super accurate off the tee, but I don't feel like you're going to need to be extremely accurate for this course. I think Redman is probably the better pick here over Todd. So I'll go ahead and make it short and sweet with that. Doc Redman minus 104 over Brendan Todd for my head-to-head. What do you got there, Uncle Dave? Well, it's interesting you brought up those guys because uh, I'm actually going to probably mention both of them at some point here as we go forward. Um, I've only bet one head-to-head so far, and it's really just a matter of uh, I just can't find ones that I really like. But I like Matt Jones over Mackenzie Hughes. You can find that on DraftKings. And I was looking for places to put Matt Jones. Uh, Then I saw that he's minus 140 over Hughes. And Hughes, obviously, is someone that's received a lot of national attention lately. So I wondered why. And I think Jones also comes in here a little salty. He went from minus three to plus three in five holes on the back nine Sunday. So I think he's a little pissy. And add to the fact that he's missed the cut here both times. I wondered why Hughes was plus 110. So I'm taking Jones over Hughes at minus 140. All right. So there's Uncle Dave. Going to go ahead and give you Jones over Hughes in his head-to-head. Let's jump over to some making miss the cuts here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead and give out a real square pick here, and we're going to pay for it. I'll let you go ahead and fill in the blanks here, Uncle Dave, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Max Homa to make the cut at minus 200. Last week, I gave out Max Homa to go ahead and miss the cut, and if you guys listened, I said that going back, I believe until it was like middle of February, that Homa has either missed the cut or he's been in the top 25. So the fact that I like Homa right now at minus 200 to make the cut I'll lay that price. I would also consider going ahead and playing him top 30, which you probably pay maybe minus 150, somewhere in that area. Maybe you can get even money, but I would certainly go ahead and look at that. But I just don't see Homa going ahead and missing another cut. I think that this particular course will actually do him some good, and getting the cut last week for him probably motivates him going into this week. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pay a price here on Homa, and the fact that you already have mentioned him there, Uncle Dave, uh, makes me feel pretty good. What do you got for your making, Mr. Cut, this week? Well, Max Homa is going to either make us both look really good or both look really silly. I can tell you that. But I hope you cash your bet because uh, in order to be the first-round leader, he does, you know. Well, wouldn't it suck if he 
if we actually ended up the first round leader and then shot like an 83 on Friday, I mean, it's, it's possible. Um, to make a miss the cut, um, I took Cameron Trangali at minus 200. You know, yes, it's a bit pricey, but, you know, these often are. But he missed the cut last week, but only by one stroke. And looking at his last few starts, I think he's on the right trajectory. You know, we know he can be a fast starter. And for that reason, we've taken a first-round leader many times. And because I didn't yet, he probably will be this week. But I think he makes the cut. And I'm willing to, to bet a two-topping pizza on that, Sleepy. All right, so there you guys go. We got two make and miss the cut picks for you this week. Both guys to go ahead and make the cut. Let's jump over to our top 40s, top 5s, top 30s, top 20s, uh, whatever we have there, Uncle Dave. I'll let you go ahead and rip around this one first. I have one. It'll be a top 40 pick. It might make some of you guys a little squeamish, but Uncle Dave is here to bail us all out. Uncle Dave, what do you got? Top 40s, top 30s, 20s, 5s, what are you looking at? Yeah, I got a few here that I actually I really like. Uh, Sepp Straka, plus 110, top 40. You know, he's had three top 10s this year, and he finished well at the Travelers. And I look at the FedEx Cup standings, he's 89th. And, you know, believe it or not, we've only got about seven more events before that starts. So, you know, guys in that position kind of need to do well to stay there. And, you know, we'll be looking at guys that are out of the top 125, but barely that need good finishes too. So that sort of handicap is going to start coming into play here. But anyhow, he's been 8th and 11th here in the last two years they played this tournament. So I just can't see him not catching that ticket. You know, you can put him higher, but plus money for top 40, I'll take it. Joaquin Neiman, top 10, and I don't use too many top 10s, but at plus 225, I will. Again, you know, as I said earlier, this is a top-heavy field uh, that should really benefit a guy like Neiman. He's, you know, he's not Bryson, but he's clearly more talented than 90% of the field. And he's 15th on tour in shots gain total. He just really doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. He's only missed one cut this season. So I actually like him to be on the leaderboard from start to finish. So top 10 plus money. Um, and here's a guy that we have not used that I also really like this one. Patrick Rogers, top 40, plus 225. And now here's a guy that needs a good finish or two because he is 137th in the FedEx Cup, and you need to be top 125. And you know, here's a guy that's kind of fallen off the radar in the last couple of years, but he's made the cut the last three weeks. And, and honestly, there's zero statistical reason to make this bet, which in a sense is exactly why I'm making this bet. He's long off the tee, which I think is going to really help here. Remember I mentioned par fives, so that's never a bad thing. And then again, this isn't a super deep field, so it's going to give like Rod, guys like Rogers a better chance than they might have most weeks. So Patrick Rogers, top 40, plus 225. Uncle Dave, I love the lesser name guys for this particular tournament. And I kind of put myself in a box where, you know, I only have to hit like one or two of these wagers in my top 40s to go ahead. And no matter what happens, I could lose every other bet for the entire tournament. And I could still end up breaking even or potentially making money. So I like your Rogers pick. I went ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take top 40 Anabar Lahiri at five to one top 40. He's one of the best putters on tour. I don't think there's really any denying that. And he also has one of the best birdie averages as well, uh, ranking 32nd. He made the cut here two years ago. He was T42, did not golf in this event last year. But I'm looking for one of these under-the-radar guys, too, to go ahead and surface somewhere. And I figure at 5-1, to one, top 40 for Lahiri, if I can get him the cash, um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end up with a pretty decent tournament. I don't believe I'll lose any money. I don't have any top 20s or top 5s as of yet. Uh, if I do find anything else here, Uncle Dave, because I still have a little bit of work to do, I'll go ahead and I'll put that stuff out on Twitter. 
at SleepyJ underscore pregame. We still have our diamond in the rough best bet to get to. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead. Let's jump into our winners here, Uncle Dave. I have one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to save him till last. I'll let you go and rip and run first, Uncle Dave. What winners are you looking at for this week? All right, buddy. Uh, Will Zalatoris, 26 to 1. You know, he hasn't played since the U.S. Open, where he very quietly finished T6. He was T8 in Putacana and T5 at the Shriner. So that's three of his last four tournaments. You know, he's plus in shots gained in every important category except putting, which is, of course, a big one. But he's third on tour in shots gained on approach. So if that's working, you know, maybe his putts are short. You know, for the 29th ranked player in the world, uh, this price in this field, I think, is a bargain. So I'm also going to bet him plus 160 to finish in the top 20. Uh, number two, Kevin Kisner. He was third here last year, and he has to come in with confidence. He shot two 63s last week. You know, he's not elite from tee to green, but he is on the green. He's 14th in shots game putting. And I think when you combine his back nine Sunday, I think when he had six or seven birdies and his solid finish last year here, I think he has to be a factor. I think, I think we're getting a, a great price based more on the fact that he missed six or seven cuts before the U.S. Open. Uh, but his recent form and success on this court, I'll make the bet, and I will consider him minus 110 at top 30, which, you know, that I, it looks like a gift. Number three, uh, your boy Doc Redmond, Sleepy. i got to do it. I hate to. Uh, but here's another guy looking for win number one. But he has had four top tens, so we know the talent's there. You know, and he was T2 at the Congaree a couple of weeks ago when we had him first-round leader. We swept that out until the last golfer was off the course and didn't cash it, but you know, truth be told, that's a probable play here as well. But two years ago, he finished second here. And last year, he was the first-round leader before finishing 21. So I think he makes money here. So I'll take him a 55-1 to 1 to win. Probably throw him in top 20, plus 225. And, you know, as we said earlier last week, I mentioned English as one of those guys to consider. But I didn't give him out as an official play. And I like doing that. You know, it's more content. It's guys, like you said, that we're – we're not really finished yet. We're not really finished till they tee off. Um, but another guy that I'm going to slot somewhere is your boy, Brendan Todd. He keeps the ball in the middle. Never a bad bet. Um, Kyle Stanley could really use some FedEx Cup points. He's made six straight cuts and had five top 25s and 23 tournaments. So he could get slotted there. And another guy that you've used that I don't think I have is Ches Reavy. He's 126 in the FedEx Cup or one position out of the playoff. You know, he had missed seven straight cuts between the players and the PGA, uh, but he's been top 40 or better in his last three starts. So, again, I think he's on the right trajectory. So I will end up putting him somewhere, um, and I will wait with bated breath on who you need to endorse. All right, well, there's a bunch of winners there from Uncle Dave. Really happy to go ahead and hear him bring up Doc Redman. Makes me quite happy. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a long shot here. And I've fallen on some of these lesser-named guys because this field just isn't stacked, you know, with a lot of the top golfers in the world. Uncle Dave, I'm going to go out and play Sepp Straka to go ahead and win this one at 65-1. to 1. I feel like he's probably being mispriced. I felt like he probably should be somewhere around 50-1. to 1. This guy's finished well with this tournament, T8 and T11. There has to be something going on with this particular place that somebody like Sepp Straka is playing that well. A lot of the sleeper picks in DFS have Sepp Straka's names attached to it. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him, Uncle Dave, at 65 to 1. That's the only winner I'm going to give out this week. But I will go ahead and give out this week's Diamond in the Rough best bet. 
Alright guys, so for this week's Diamond in the Rough best bet, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Ryan Armour, top 40, plus 130. I think this is a rock solid pick. If you look at what Armour's done throughout the year, I got to find any impressive wins there. But this guy is rock solid in putting, 24th in putting. Last time he was here, he was T46, but the year prior, T4. I also like the fact that he has an early tee time, and I do like the pairing that he's with for this particular tournament. I think he's being mispriced. The fact that you can find somebody like Ryan Armour, top 40, at only plus 130, something doesn't smell right there. I think this guy goes out, has a really good tournament, and puts his rear end off. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys that for this week's Diamond in the Rough Best Bet, Ryan Armour top 40 well that'll wrap up the podcast big thanks to uncle dave for going ahead and giving out all his picks hopefully this week uh will do quite well uncle dave i think you and i are due for either a first round leader or a winner and i believe we have a good chance this week to go ahead and get that done hopefully we'll go ahead and cash a big ticket hopefully you guys will as well you guys know where to find us on twitter slippy j underscore pregame dave underscore essler and you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com with that said i'd like to wish you guys All the best of luck. Enjoy the games.